Washington knocked off the Texas Longhorns. Who's the MVP? Not most valuable player, the most valuable prospect. And why is it Michael Penix Jr., quarterback for Washington? We'll talk about this and more coming up next. You are locked on NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every single day. Shout out for being our every single dayers. Guys, I'm Damian Parson. You can always find, you know, you can always find me on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter or X at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout and a senior draft analyst. I got to kick this introduction over to my brother, my partner in crime, Mr. LSU himself, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on X at the talent code. Can you talk to him, baby? What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, 2019 National Champ with those LSU Bingo Tigers, man. Here to bring you championship-level content each and every single day with the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, man, where we talk what we talk college football, we talk everything NFL football, but like we see over here, it all starts with the NFL Draft, man. So I want to say shout-out to our everydayers. Thank you for tapping in with us each and every single day, man. If you haven't hit the like button, go ahead and hit the like button. Go ahead and Wait to comment, man. Wait till we start talking to comment. But then go ahead and subscribe if you're not subscribed to the channel. But DP, let's get this thing going, right? We said it. We're covering Texas versus Washington. MVP, most valuable prospect. I like that twist, DP. I love that twist, as a matter of fact. Then we're going to go out classic segments, man. Stock up players, stock down players, right? You really know who a player is when they get to go against light competition, man. And that Texas versus Washington game had a lot of competition. But DP, before we get started, man, why don't we hit it with our title sponsor? Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Most valuable prospects, Keith, MVP. Washington get out, got a big dub. They're going to the national championship game. And Keith, for you... Who was the most valuable prospect last night? DB is easy, right? This is Michael Penix, right? And we've seen the very best version of Michael Penix, right? Like we were wondering what version are we going to get? Because like you, I think you talked about a couple podcasts ago, but from the first Oregon game throughout the season, it's kind of been the first Oregon game was great, right? Then after that, it was cool good right but it wasn't uh, there wasn't another great performance in there right even when they played Oregon the second time and DP this performance was great this was all like this potentially I don't want to be too um you know kind of the Monday morning reaction type situation yeah. it says an all-time great performance but man it was it was a talented performance DP that, that's what you, you you really understood his talent and, and dare you say he if you watch the film DP does he have probably the best completions, right? When you just watching the film and you have to pull out, pull out a highlight reel, he has some of the best completions in the entire quarterback class. So I'm going to go with Michael Penix as the most valuable prospect, DP. No, Keith, <laughs> that, that's a very true statement. When you turn on the tape and you watch Michael Penix at quarterback for the University of Washington and you watch him just command this team and the throws that he makes, 
You know what I'm saying? It's just like last night, he had dime after dime. He's got the NFL size, right? 6'3", 215. He's a lefty. He's got a rocket arm. And the things that he was able to do, Keith, and, and, and the numbers, 29 of 38, 430 passing yards, two total passing touchdowns. And it was just like honey hole shots. The, the mm-hmm. throw to Rome Adunze late in the game, oh, down man. the left side. Man. Oh, man. My, I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, this man is in his Duffy. You hear me? Like, he's in the bag right now because it's – and it was good coverage, Keith. You know, you know that you know that slogan, that 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 old slogan, like a, a great throw beats good coverage. That's yeah. what that was well, on that throw on, well, on that was, play. It was great coverage, DP. It was great, great coverage, coverage, and so much the fact that I believe that the defender, and I think it was Ryan Watts, um, I think he got his hand on the ball, but the velocity that the ball came with, and where and where the ball came from, he didn't even know the ball was there. Like he he put his hand on on the, the receiver's hand. I think that was Rome, right? And then he started to turn around, but the wide receiver had already caught the football. He was like, this is amazing. You couldn't walk up to Roma Dunze 30 yards down the field and hand the football to him in a better position. No, 100%. So Michael Penix, well, he – and Keith, we talked about – and some of the people going back to that episode we did a couple weeks ago after the regular season, picking, you know, this or that, Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix Jr. for QB3 – Couple people are going back to the episode, like, man, I don't know. And I'm like, hey guys, I don't know either. And you know what I'm saying? Because if we're getting that version of Michael Penix Jr., I think the consistency is probably the big thing of like game to game. Like when we're gonna get into you know, we're gonna preview the Michigan game later on in the week and how Michigan could knock, you know, knock them off and what they need to do to rattle this man. But Michael Penix Jr., the 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 word I can I can say, Keith, that was an elite performance by a quarterback that was elite mm-hmm. quarterbacking you know what i mean the things he was I, able to would, do keith dp i would ask okay the jane daniels qb3 conversation why not drake me why 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 isn't he better than drake me I, and i, I just want to ask the question right i'm not yeah, saying yeah. that he is i want to finish the film process right i, I want to dive all oh, over no, the film, listen, but- we're gonna, that that's good that has to be a discussion now right like that has to be a discussion what where, where does michael Penix? solidify himself everybody started quoting cj stroud because you remember a year ago cj stroud had that performance against georgia they didn't win the game because the kicker missed the final kick but cj stroud was elite in that game and they're like okay this is what the nfl could be getting and that's what the that's what the houston texans have gotten and they got a shot to absolutely go to the playoffs if they win this coming sunday versus the indianapolis Colts. but yeah michael Penix jr was the most valuable prospect. But Keith, I want to I want to flip this thing to most valuable defensive prospect if I could do that, Keith. And mm-hmm. it's on the same team, of course. And that's Braylon Trice, the edge rusher. What six let's say like six four, six five. I think it's like two sixty-five. Um, you know, six yeah, six four, two sixty-five. Braylon Trice finished that game, Keith. Eight pressures, a QB hit, a forced fumble, four run stops, and two sacks. It, leading up to the game, when we did the episode last week previewing this Sugar Bowl, previewing this matchup, do you, if you remember, my X Factor, Keith, for this game was the Texas offensive line. And what were their only instructions? Blocked Braylon Trice and Z, ZTF Zion Fetui Tupoloa, or Tupoloa Fetui. And I, I actually nailed it that time. 
Uh, I feel I feel good about that one. But that was you, you, you know what I'm saying? ESPN during college game, they always say had that segment. You had one job. The Texas offensive line had one job, Keith. Block this man, block Braylon Trice, block him, keep him out of Quinn Ewer's face. And they didn't do that. This young man, to me, this uh, and, and Keith, you remember I, we talked about him a few times on the show. Like he was having a really good season this year, but for whatever reason. I mean, I guess it's because Pac-12 and people don't watch Pac-12 football like that. Like, he was flying under the radar when we talk about the edge rushers for the 2024 NFL draft class. Well, last night, he put himself on the map and said, listen, guys, you might want to go back game to game and watch my tape because I've been balling all season. This isn't a, a big moment, big light opportunity. I've been doing this all year round. So this young man, I think, you know, this is a dude that I think he's versatile. Quick first step. We saw the different counters and pass rush moves at that that's in his bag last night. No matter what, and he flipped sides, rushing from the left and the right, going up against the left and right tackle. He could put his hand in the dirt. He could stand up in the two-point stance and rush like a stand-up edge rusher outside linebacker. Braylon Trice made him some money, Keith. In my honest opinion, he made him some money to where if somebody felt like, okay, we could wait to the third round. I don't know about that anymore. You know what I mean? I don't know if you're going to wait to late day two and get Braylon Trice, especially the way that teams need pass rushers. And he's very reminiscent of a, like a Bradley Chubb um, who, who plays for the Miami Dolphins after they traded from, from the Denver Broncos. I think he just tore his ACL. So uh, thoughts and prayers to him. But Braylon Trice, man, moneymaker, most valuable defensive prospect. The most valuable prospect is Michael Penix Jr., but I, got, I had to show love to Braylon Trice. Yeah, I agree. And I'm I'm happy to to see him emerge, right? And 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 ball out and do his thing because like you said, it was between him and, and Zion, right? And I think he's emerged as saying, like, I'm that guy. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. definitely, 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 definitely the most valuable prospect when it comes to defense side of football. But DP, let's go to our classic segment, man. Coming up next, we're talking stock up, stock down, right? We talked about the most valuable players, but there were a lot of players making plays in this game, especially draft prospects, right? So we want to talk about stock up stock down so that's coming up next stay tuned just a few weeks ago guys we were wrapping presents for christmas and now the nfl regular season is getting ready to wrap up as well but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, america's number one sports book guys right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet new customers Get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Guys, the app is super easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet, like live, same-game parlays. Find new bets in the new Explore tabs, okay? Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. The stock market is open again, guys. And we, we, we it's Sugar Bowl edition. And Keith, I think the stock up for me is one of your guys. And that's Jatavian Sanders. Mm-hmm. Tight end for the University of Texas. For them Longhorns, Keith. And this young man had himself a, a good game, and he was he was the guy that, you know, Quinn Ewers was leaning on because it was a good portion through that game. Jadavion Sanders, you know, 6'4", 245, if he decides to declare because he does have a, a, another year of eligibility, if I'm not mistaken. He was targeted eight times, 
He caught six of those eight recept uh, of those eight targets, and he led them with seventy five yards receiving. And Keith, when you think about what we saw, we was expecting Xavier Worthy to ball out, Adnan Mitchell to ball out. We were expecting you know the receivers to take center stage, and it was Jatavian Sanders that Quinn Ewers was like, man, I, the, the corners are doing their jobs outside. And I don't feel comfortable targeting my guys at times, especially early in the, in, in the first half, especially. But he was able to get the ball and funnel. What I really took, you know, really solace with Keith is just seeing Jatavian Sanders be the, the lead guy in a passing offense in the game, right? That you can mm-hmm. funnel the passing game through him. He's athletic. He has good size. He can run after the catch. He's got strong hands. He's got, a, he's got an NFL-ready game and skill set. And I think that was on display last night. Yeah, that, and that's why if you heard us talk, right, and, and you know, we're bringing his name up again, I, that's why I kind of comp him to, like, Eric Ebron, right? I, I think, to me, he's an easy target, DP. Like, he's just easy to get the football to. He's so smooth. He's athletic, big-body guy, right? And then he lines up in so many different positions mm-hmm. that it's like we can do so many different things. Like I told about the Oklahoma State game, DP, they literally put him in motion, and you're talking about a tight end, right? Put him in motion and, and gave him, like, a, the jet sweep handoff, right? And then he ran up the field for 30, 40 yards. So um, it's, it's so many different things you can do. And I, it was it was good to see him. While we didn't have any wild performances from Texas, right, like, as far as offensively, it was good to see him, you know, be that consistent guy. And I think you said he was six of eight, right? And I think the two that wasn't on target was the two at the end of the game, right, where it just mm-hmm. seemed like him and Quinn were not, timing-wise, were not on the same page. So he was probably perfect targeting Quinn. He was probably perfect targeting uh, Jatavian Sanders. DP, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with Byron Murphy. Um, and the reason is this. We had a discussion about him being a, a quick twitch, quick-footed guy. Um, and the reason I'm, I'm going with that real quick, DP, is because we talked about it on the last podcast. Remember, we were talking about if he's able to beat, like, I guess, beat his offensive lineman quick and then put Michael Penix in the spot. Now, Michael Penix made the play. And yes. I was just like, like if you can screenshot or an exact visual of what we were talking about, it was that was exact that. moment, DP. That exact moment we talked about came to life literally in the game, right? By Murphy beating the center, beating the guard real quick, direct pass to Michael Penix, and what is he going to do? So, But I want to get by because I'm, I'm, I'm gaining more and more confidence in his ability to do that on the next level. So that's why I just wanted to highlight Byron Murphy real quick. I know you have some other people you want to bring up. No, I, I love that call out, Keith, because he – flashed everything we said that he would and he did mm-hmm. what we expected him to do him and, and Tavondre Sweat were the main guys trying to get pressure on Michael Penix it's just Michael Penix was in his bag and he was evading and doing the things that he had, he could do but speaking of Michael Penix and what he was able to do I think a stock up is, is a guy I wasn't sure and again I'm not I'm not 100% sure he's going to enter the draft but I don't see why not and that's wide receiver Jalen Polk we know that oh, Roma yeah. Dunze is the dude but Jalen Polk, man, you know, listed at six foot two, two hundred and four pounds. This is a guy that runs good routes. He has good open field speed, but he's competitive at the catch point as well. And he'll go up and attack the ball and compete. And last night, Keith, you know, in, in that game, man, he was he like he balled. You know, he balled him and you know, of course, Rome. Both of those guys, you know, and, and Jalen Polk, he was five for five, hundred percent across the board, one hundred twenty-two yards receiving. Averaging over 24 yards per, and he had a touchdown. This guy has big playmaking ability, right? But he can also, like I said, he run routes. He can attack the ball at the catch point. He can find the voids and areas in 
the weak points in zone. I like his ability to sell routes and sell moves to get into the blind spot for the defensive mm-hmm. back. You know, he he's got some new he got he has more nuance to his game, I think, than the than the national media and fans really know about Keith. And I think last night was another opportunity. We talked about it with Braylon Trice, you know, at the end of the first segment. I think for Jalen Polk, this was a situation to say, guys, go back to the tape. I've been playing well all season. This isn't just a sugar bowl, big time performance. I've been doing this. The Michigan State game, it was an incredible catch deep down the field where, you know, Penix just laid it out there for him. And, you know, it's kind of like a, I think it was like a deep over or deep post from one side of the field to the next. And he goes up and just makes an incredible grab, spins almost this other like a 180 in the air as he's coming down with the ball. Like he, he does. Like his body control, the athleticism, the speed, all of these things are in his favor and in his bag. And I think for him, the stock is up, Keith. I think that he really opened a lot of people's eyes that weren't really aware of him. They because if it, it was crazy, everybody knows Rome. Rome is a consensus top twelve pick right now, especially at this point. And people mm-hmm. knew about Jalen McMillan. He was just yeah, no, those are kind of two. the top two names. Yep. Yeah, coming especially coming into the season for Washington. And then McMillan went down and was battling injuries this year. And Jalen Polk rose to the occasion, right? And I think even last night rose to the occasion yet again where, yeah, we know Rome's going, you know, Rome is Rome. And he's going to do what he does. But Jalen Polk to go out there and just be dominant, man. That was a dominant performance by that offense in general. But to have this young man step up as wide receiver too, and it's nothing, not, not a bunch of quick stuff, not a bunch of quick screen. He was winning with routes and down the field, man. And NFL teams love to see that type of stuff. And he's a guy I expect if he de- if he decides to declare, then we're gonna be talking about him a whole lot more on day two of the 2024 NFL draft in a really loaded wide receiver class. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and last DP, I, I do want to mention AD Mitchell real quick. Yeah, just because of the and and, and I don't want to just bring up the highlight play, right? The touchdown catch, but right. The what we seen right was the the, the kind of detailed route running the smooth fluid hips right and then to be able to go up and, and get vertical right to go get the football and it's those type of things because when you watch AD Mitchell and you watch the film and stuff like that right you're like okay this is a good athlete but it's like you know when we talk about those thresholds for winning right like what are you going to do to win it and and what I'm seeing DP is a IQ guy right a high IQ guy that he's going to figure it out. And, and it's much like the conversation that we had with, and I'm not putting them in this bucket, right? But, you know, we had with the the, the C.D. Lamb and Rome Adunze conversation, right? It, it's, can A.D. Mitchell start to win from an IQ perspective, right? When there's there's moments where, because he wasn't a, a huge factor in the game, right? And, and yeah. that, that Texas game, like, offensively was weird, right? They had two fumbles by the running backs, and Quinn Ewers was, I think, 50% throwing the football. Like, it, it was just really out of whack. I think as a team, and when they wake up today, they're going to be kicking themselves like, man, we left so many opportunities out yeah. there. But I wanted to highlight A.D. Mitchell real quick, D.B., because I think just that one play, even though it was one play, it's it's another element to who he is, right? We know he could run the double moves and get vertical and things like that, but just another element to who he can be in the red zone. No, 100%. The body can – he that, that play was so insane. He jumped early. Yeah, he did. He jumped early. He hang time. Yeah. Hang time. Like, you know what I mean? The, the, how we would watch the old basketball highlights from back in the 90s. You see MJ just levitating and it slows down. That's what that that's what that looked like. Because he ran the fade, they're chest to chest. He leaps way too early 
and then pivots and turns and rotates his body while in midair to snatch this ball. You talk about like area code receivers, like guys that can snap go away from their base. Like that's that was that was one of the most impressive plays of that entire game. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He was targeted nine times. He only had four catches for like 44 yards in that touchdown. And they all, he almost had another one that would have probably would have won the game for him. You know what I mean? But it was a great PBU by Elijah Jackson. Like he, that, that play is just that that's going to probably be on his, his draft resume. That's one of them draft resume type oh, of plays where you're like, it, it's you show your coach as a scout. This is what we get. All right. When he gets drafted, right. Or whenever they talk about him on TV and they, that play is going to be one of those plays, right. We're going to see that play another hundred times of AD Mitchell making 100%. that play. with hundred. <laughs> Yep, let's keep this thing going. Let's keep it flowing, man. Now we're on to our stock down segment. Where, oh, you know, we're even throwing, like, questionables, right? Because we have some questions about some players based off of those performances. Like we say, man, we value these games because that's when you're going against light competition. That's where you're going against NFL competition. So coming up next, man, we're going to have the stock down conversation, the question mark uh, segment, right? We're going to ask some questions about some of these players that played in this Texas versus Washington game. This episode of Locked On NFL Drives has been brought to you by Picks. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Do you want to play alongside some of Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in, pri- in the Picks community each and every week. Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball and football games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prospects is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Tonight on Prospects, guys, I am taking Desmond Baines over 23 and a half points versus the San Antonio Spurs. All right, so what do you need to do? Simple, guys. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Dock down question marks, Keith, and I got to start at the top. Quinn Ewers. I, oh, that's exactly where I wanted you to go. I didn't know if he was going to go there. I was about to cut you off and say, DP, we got to talk about the quarterback, baby. We got to um, talk about Quinn Ewers, man. Okay, and, and this is what I want. I, I, I would like to hear – your opinion, because I've watched him so much as far as, you know, he's in, he's in yeah. my region when it comes to scouting. I've, I've watched a lot of Quinn Ewers. Um, I would like to get your opinion on what you've seen from that. So I saw some, the thing, I, I would say this, Keith, one of the things I really appreciated from him was showing that athleticism. Mm-hmm. I think he had like 50 yards. They had like three yeah, or four ball carriers. He might have been 50. the leading rusher. Yeah, he might have been the leading rusher for Texas. Yeah. He, he was up there. And, and, you know, he showed the wheels. And I was like, oh, okay, Quinn, you don't typically do this. And so I was very pleased with seeing that because that adds a, a, another element to his evaluation. For me, it's like, okay, he's not going to be just a pure pocket passer, a guy that you just run man-to-man and forget that he's in the pocket, right? Like, he, you, you're not going to Mac Jones him. You're not going to Tua Tunga Vailoa him and be like, uh, if you try to take off our defensive lineman to catch you, you know what I mean? He did show some good athleticism that I didn't, I wasn't aware that he actually had in him, right? But it was everything else, Keith. You know what I mean? He, you know, Quinn Ewers was 23 of 42 for 54.8% completion, 
313 yards, one passing touchdown, no, no interceptions and everything, but he looked so uncomfortable for majority of that game. I didn't see a guy that was confident. I saw them throw different looks at him from coverage standpoint, and it felt like he was holding the ball. I felt like they were confusing him in the back end, where mm-hmm. it was just like that was something that I expect well of from Quinn, like just processing, reading the defense post-snap, getting through his progressions, finding the open guy. I did not see that, Keith. And then there were times where I – and then he missed some He missed some gimmies. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. When you're throwing down the field – it's the the low throwing 20 yards down the field is the lowest percentage pass in the, in football. We all know that, right? It's it's your your efficiency decreases the more times you attempt to go deep. We uh-huh. get that. Yep. But when you got Xavier Worthy kind of running wide open because he won his rep, when you do have Adonai Mitchell open because he won his rep, when you have guys open, like he overshot some guys. Now, I think Jaden Blue, I think, uh, is the running back who dropped a rail route, a wheel route where he was wide open on the sideline. He dropped it. You know what I mean? That was a, a big play that, that could have been had that wasn't on Quinn. But I just felt like Quinn looked confused at times. And then those those, those got to have it plays, those deep shots where your guy is open. You get, like I think he missed Xavier twice on a potential with his speed on potential deep balls that could turn into touchdowns, man, like catch and run touchdowns. So I think that's where I'm at with Quinn, where it's like, this was a statement game, a resume game for you, big fella. That left me with more questions than answers. Okay. No, I I, I appreciate that because I, I'm based off of that performance, and that's why I say I, I wanted to call it stock down, but obviously the question, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because the huge question mark, right? Because you talked about him, draft prospect, will he declare what, or, or will he go back, right? And when I watched it, I, I, I agree with you, DP, that it, it looked uncomfortable. You know, what, you know what it looked like? That sometimes when you say that the teams have those long breaks and they don't appear to be on the same page, it appeared that, like, the only thing that was working was Jatavian Sanders across the middle, right? Everything else with trying to get A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy involved, it was it was it was timing, right? And you understand what a half a second could do, right? When you see, you know, the quarterback just miss a wide receiver, the wide receiver just doesn't get his head around, like even in the in the red zone, right? When I think what they're going down to get the touchdown, and he threw the ball to Xavier Worthy, I think it was like a double slant or like a double post type situation, and he he threw the ball. Xavier Worthy was still trying to win his rep. And it was just off timing. So um I I I I think I gave so I gave him a second round grade, DP. And coming into the year, I gave him a third round grade. Um obviously he played he played well. He had some big time moments, obviously against Bama this year and a couple other games. But I I am comfortable with my second round grade on him. Uh because there were some other, you know, like issues, like you said, just watching him. And he didn't throw any interceptions, but also you didn't know if when you watch him, I don't know if he can single-handedly take over a game, right? And that's what you see with these quarterbacks. Like, you know what? I think put him in a good situation. Like I said, I, I think he would kill it with Ben Johnson, right? Like the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator because he is a timing and rhythm guy. He has, he throws with touch and, uh, you know, just things like that. I think he would kill it in that type of situation, but there has to be some pieces around. So I'm, I'm, I, I, I think I, I'm with you right there with the whole situation with Quinn Ewers and like, ah, man, that was, and mm-hmm. wasn't disappointing, but it wasn't no. great neither. 
Yeah, and I think the second round is I think that's a really good spot for him, Keith. And typically, you know, typically if you're a second round quarterback, you usually go to a spot that's better than going in the top five. Now, I know the money's different, but the situations are different where oh, wow. you do go to a better a better team that may be more laden with talent and a better offensive line. They can run the ball, they got a defense, and it's like, huh. Because when we've seen it with Brock Purdy, right? You put him in a good situation, he looks like a good football player. He plays like a good football player. You take him out of that situation and you put him in a less than ideal situation, you're not going to see the same Brock Purdy that throws through for over 4,200 yards so far for the San Francisco 49ers. You're, it's just not going to be the same. So I, I, I think Quinn in the second round, like it was even the, the, the last drive, right? Where they somehow got that ball back. I don't know what Washington was doing after the the nah, onside yeah, recovery, nah, um, but <laughs> nonetheless, they got the ball back, and it was like less than seven seconds on the clock. He gets pressured, right? They don't see. I think it was like a simulated pressure. They got a free runner off the edge. There was a nickel back. He didn't see it. The O line didn't pick it up, and he gets hit. And like as he's going to the ground, it was so risky. He threw the ball out of bounds, I think, towards like Xavier Worthy or someone, no, Adnan Mitchell, somebody over there. It left one second on the clock, but his, it was this close for his knees being on the ground, mm -hmm. which would have been a sack, which would have ran the clock. And it's like, what is going on? Yeah, I, I think it was good that the person on the sideline touched the football because if he didn't, that ball would have had an extra second to travel, right? right? And would have hit like the that clock would have kept running. Yeah, and that clock would have been kept game running, over. Yeah. You no, know, so I, I, it, I agree. It, it's it, those it type of plays, Keith. But I mean, yeah. other than that, man, I mean, it was a great game. Shout out to both teams. Prospects did show out. You know what I mean? It, they showed up and showed out, man. I stayed up super late, you know, to watch it. Uh, and I'm tired because of it. <laughs> no, I'm right there with you, DP. Listen, we can't get tired yet, man. We are just getting started, man, with the draft season in this draft process. And guess what? We have a hell of a national championship game coming up with Washington and Michigan, man. The two exact opposite teams that I picked. To go to the that we picked because we picked yeah, well, that, Alabama that we and picked, Texas right? together. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm happy though because it, it should I be a good too. game. Should be an exciting game. But DP, man, that wraps up another show of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. I want to say shout out to our everydayers, man. Thank y'all for tapping in with us each and every single day at the top of the show. I said you to like, I told you to like, I told you to comment, I told you to subscribe. So I'm gonna tell you one more time, man. Hit that like button, go ahead and comment and subscribe to the channel, man. Well, this is the podcast where you come to for the best nfl draft content that you can get anywhere anywhere in the draft space right so man i am listen i am keith sanchez man you can find me on x at the talent code man that is dp damian parson man my co-host you can find him on x at dp underscore nfl and like we always like to say man y'all come talk to us because we like to talk back Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. If you're an audio person and you're listening to this on audio, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. Talk to us, man. Let us know what you think, what you want to hear from us heading into the 2024 NFL draft season. Because guess what, guys? It is here. As soon as the new year hit, it became draft season. So go do that for us. And listen, tomorrow's show, we're breaking down same way. MVP, most valuable prospect, stock up, stock down, question marks of the Alabama versus Michigan game. So come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.